podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I very much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. Before we begin the episode of Good Brothers, I wanted to say thank you for listening and rolling with Dash Your Old Head podcast, Good Brothers, um, and more to come, you know, here as we get into 2021 in the spring, letting you know that there's a lot more in store, and I'm really, really hoping that you will uh, join me on what should be an interesting ride throughout 2021. Uh, so we're going to get into a little talk about Georgia, um, probably a lot of talk about Ray and ghosts. So let's do it. Peace. Say peace. I'm Jesse. My brother, Justice Raji, what's going on? Good. I'm good. It's it's the time we record and we're going to get <clears throat> caught up on a, a few things um, that have, have happened in the world. Um so let's let me just start with the heavy and go to the to the other. Um, so Georgia, um, probably the, the 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 leader or the first in what would be probably a series of um, restrictive voting laws being passed to state governments. Um, Georgia passed um, and signed in the law one of the most restrictive uh, uh, voting you know, law changes, voting policy changes, I think is, um, has come up in the last, you know, decades. And the, um, yeah, so it's really, it's, it's ridiculous in one sense, but it's also clearly what, um, apparently conservative politics believes is the best way to run a democracy. Um, what, uh, man, what, what are some of your thoughts? Well, I mean, there's a couple of things. So one, I think, you know, goes back to like the old black folks, you know, for a long time, we talked about old black folks being like, you know, voting is a privilege, and uh, you know, versus a right. And I think in, you know, some aspects of the community uh, post, you know, civil rights movement and post the black mayors movement, if you will. There's been a broader conversation of like, oh, voting sucks. Voting doesn't change anything. And it goes back to like the old black folks saying like, if it wasn't important, they wouldn't take it from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Right, right. And so I think we see in the most naked way possible, right? They acknowledge that, the Republicans acknowledge that with demographic change, right? At least on a national level with demographic change, that Democrats will continue to have an advantage mm-hmm. going forward. And they're like, the only way we switch this up is the only way we, we leverage or the only way we counter their event, their demographic advantage is to actually change the rules. Bottom line, right? And so right. it's like, on one level, 
you know, there's a Machiavellian element of like, oh, wow, that that's, I guess that's a good idea. Like, you can't change destiny, so you're just trying to tinker with the elements for a minute, <laughs> right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're just trying to tinker with the with the mechanics of some shit you can't control. But then another level is one, it shows, you know, the, the network and the vision. Because you figure, coming out the Biden election, Biden wins, literally within three months after that, the state that allowed Biden to win, essentially, and to have control of government has now changed the law to, to mean you couldn't do what you did only in November. Mm. Right? Like, it only took five months <laughs> for a national movement, and it will be other states soon, right? I know it's going to come to Pennsylvania, like it's going to be other states, to actually do what they just did. Mm-hmm. Right? And so... You know, even the idea of, hey, well, we can't give you water and food. Because what they know is that black folks and brown folks sometimes don't be wanting to stand in the lines all day. right? And it's like, okay, you give people water and stuff like that because people standing in the middle of Georgia in elections and it's hot, right? And, it, and so it's like, well, you can't do that. And if people thought to themselves, well, I can't get nothing to eat, I'm not going to vote. Right, like I'm not standing in the line, so it's a naked attempt to just derig the system and 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 put off destiny. With that being said, I did like I said, go back to my original point. Now we really acknowledge that we see what conservatives and Republicans know how important it is for people to be in office, and if it wasn't that important, they wouldn't change every rule in the book to make sure that their people were there. Right. Or to minimize your power, you know what I mean. So I think it's a it's a wake up call. It should be a wake up call for a lot of organizations who traditionally minimize the vote and more uh, they support more like direct action mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to show that like the actual power of voting is going to be a critical element in our society. And I'll just say one more thing about this. Again, let's look at a kind of a, a, a cycle or a horizon. You had a president that said, hey, if I lose, it must be because they cheated, right? Right. <laughs> cool. He lost. He said it's because you cheated. He called the actual state to say, hey, you cheated. Find me these, find me these votes, right? Which mm-hmm. I think sometimes we downplay that a sitting president actually called the board of elections in a state and said, find me 11,000 votes. Right. Okay. Okay. That right. happened. And then Supreme court upholds it. Then the same president and other forces get thousands of people to come to the Capitol and storm the Capitol because you said they stole the elections. Then three months after that, that state, this bars the person who ran the election from running the election and makes it more difficult to vote. So if you just look at that kind of process, you start to recognize what actually is being fought for in this country, right? Mm-hmm. And I ain't in a bunch of hyperbole when I say shit, but like you really recognize that there's a population of people who will do anything to stay in power. Yeah. Like that is not, a, that is not hyperbole. That is real. And all we got to do is look at the last six months to see how real this actually is 
as far as what people perceive as power, and especially somewhere like Georgia, where the demographics are changing so fast that all the Republicans can do to maintain any kind of relevance is actually to change the rules and move the goalposts. So, you know, yeah, man. Yeah, it's, um, it, it is, it bear, it brings to bear to me further evidence that, you know, whatever level of organizing policy work, economic development work, um, you know, uh, safety net emergency needs, you know, work. If there's not that, that the, the political work, uh, in terms of elected where, how elected folks fit into that, it can't be this antagonistic relationship with the concept of the politician to 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 remain successful. Doesn't mean that, that politicians have to run everything. That that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is that what who your politicians are, what your politicians do, where your politicians show up, and how you support them has to be someone needs to think about that in the scheme of every other policy, social you know, economic action that one may be doing to try to improve the condition of 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 the community and other people. Um because you know that these folks would definitely be like, yo, if we could create a way where you can't vote on nothing, like you can't make no decisions or or we can, you know, undermine whatever things you're doing that we don't agree with, if we can if we can use position and other structures to undermine it, we will. Um, I mean, it's quite ridiculous, the idea of saying like, you can't give somebody, like you can't give someone who might need water, water. <laughs> like if you if you take it outside the context of them being in line uh, to vote, in, in what should be, in theory, like the most sort of sacred civic act, <laughs> right? Between like the, the person and, and a supposedly, even in the, what was a representative democracy. Whatever, yes, but you you pick the representatives, right? So if it's a representative democracy, and conceptually that means that I, in the best case scenario, would be voting for someone who I, you know, was like high level. I'm like, man, this person has a platform that includes my my wishes and aspirations and my concepts, and they're also like a, like a person whom I can see I could trust to some degree, right? You know, to mid level. I don't really like all they platform, but maybe they're, you know, they're, you know, either they, you might trust them as a person, but their platform's a little shaky or vice versa, you know, you know, at the, at the, you know, the bare minimum level, let me pick that, not, let me not the worst person <laughs> be the one that keeps winning in terms of my needs and wishes, but, you know, thinking somewhere right. in the mid range that the, the ability to pick representatives that could advocate for your community and your space's needs um, can be a part of the planning and the organizing and developing that you and your community are doing. And then this person can, can help these persons. Cause it's not just one can help to make sure that, you know, you want to uh, improve the green space, you know, in your neighborhood 
and you, you know, y'all are organizing, y'all planting trees, you're doing other stuff that that people can just take on themselves, right? And then you find out, oh, we just passed this law that the city cut down any tree that it thinks is a is a is a safety risk, and they come and cut down all your trees in one week, right? Because of a policy that you didn't have no input on, <laughs> right? And that can happen. That that is actually the history. Right. That is the history of black people being disenfranchised from the voting and electoral system is that you can put things in the law. And then when they come and they do this despicable act to you, they'll be like, well, you know, you be like, well, who can I call? You call the police, but well, they're not breaking the law, sir. When they, you know, you know, forcibly, uh, you know, had your, pro- your family sell their heirs property because they got four cousins you don't know uh, to sign off on something and, and take a thousand dollar check. Right just as, a, as an example of where there's an opportunity to change code and ordinance law and also political representation around property transfer. Now, if you want to get into the bigger philosophical debate about the legitimacy of the state and all that type of stuff, I mean, that's a great thing to do. So, you know, to, to, that's a thought exercise, but in yeah, practical yeah, reality, no, that's real. We, need, we need to make sure that what we have, we maximize our ability to access and outcomes. And you know, they put their chips on the table. They're like, look, we're going to make it hard as hell for y'all to vote in people that you like. So even if you in a state, and I try to remind people of this, that this, despite people's perceptions, I mean, a lot of states, it, it there's, there might be, you know, we like to say the east, the, the coast, the, the coastal elites and blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of states that are on the coastal states that are, um, you know, pretty much going to probably go you know, Democratic, especially in a lot of national elections. But when you get into the weeds on some of the mother elections, it ain't always so, you know, so simple. And and there's a significant amount of people that are, um, you know, it, seeing myself as probably you no know, more not conservative, <laughs> more uh, we're in voting wise that I would be voting, um, you know, Democratic. But bearing bearing witness that it, it it's a it, it, there's a line. And it does lean to to the to what right now would be the more democratic, you know, aka liberal ticket. But it ain't that far off. You know what I'm saying? And it don't take much. People get uh, you know, take you need a couple public incidents in the right temperature, as we almost had. And folks will be like, Man, I don't know. I think these conservatives will do a better job protecting the economy or whatever thing that we've, you know, folks have effectively associated with conservative thinking in the last, you know, 20 or 30 years, whether it's true or not, um, and vice versa with, you know, as we, we have the long, we've, we've spoke on at times, you know, liberal politics seeming to not be confident enough in its own ideas to, to go like, nah, this is the shit we want and we're just going to do it. And it's like, no, well, we got to get our conservative brothers to agree with us. No, you don't just, you got the numbers, vote for it. That's what your man Mitch be trying to tell y'all. And then y'all act like he said something else. He's all about, he got, if he got the votes, he going to do what he want. And if it was, <laughs> you know, so going back though, I think it's really important that folks understand how important local politics are. Because I think in, for almost all of us, I think state politics is sort of like, eh, you know what I mean? Unless you're really involved in politics, like unless you're like a really a, a local advocate, <laughs> you know, like really in the mix, people just be like, oh yeah, my state rep. Like people don't even know who their state rep is. They're like, ah, somebody, you know what I'm saying? Like, but that's the those people really make a lot of decisions that impact you. Like that is the person. I mean, the national level might be a, the better source for if you need money or resources <laughs> for a project you're doing in in your area. But if you need like the law changed, 
more than likely your state representatives, state senators are the people that can actually that you need to get on board with with what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? And and even no, I think it's it, it's in the middle. It's like mm-hmm. this weird purgatory where just someone knocked on your door from a local level. You say, "Oh, that's the mayor," or "That's this person." And then you have the national one that we spend billions of dollars to convince you about, right? And then there's this thing in the middle where we don't spend that much money to convince you on it, but it impacts more of your life every day than the federal politics. Yep. But it's less connected than local politics. And Republicans have done an amazing job of controlling state politics because they understand that's where a couple of things come in. Voting. Mm-hmm. and redistricting, right? And those two things become the important locus of power, locus of power on a state level. Yeah. And, I, and I think we get pulled into even like your, your various municipal races and city races, right? Oh, the mayor and the city council. And, and, and if you're in a bigger city, right? You're in a big city like Philadelphia. Um, I mean, even, you know, you know, Pittsburgh, <laughs> uh, you know, Portland. Right. Like, yes, your, your mayor, your stuff is real important. Um, and especially also depending on the type of government where if you're in like Portland, where you have a commissioner government where the mayor is sort of like, sort of the boss, but he, he ain't totally the boss. <laughs> or other things where you have a strong <laughs> mayor where the mayor is like, oh, the mayor can make a lot of decisions happen if, if you know, if, if, if they want it. Whatever the case, if you don't know the lay of the land or the rules, and you you can get you can get caught up in wanting something from someone that really doesn't have the authority or the resources to act, but they are the but they become the figurehead, right? And and then meanwhile, a state rep who might actually be able, oh yeah, we have some money in the state budget for sidewalk fixing or you know what I mean whatever, right? And then it, you know at least like what happens here is you have a lot of things uh, because it's such a and I think a lot of Western states are. You know, are similar to this in that you have these cities that are really big, and then you have these other large mm. parts of the state where it's largely you know rural economy, rural structure, commodity businesses, not a lot, not as many people. So there's an imbalance. You know, there's this tug of war around. You know, what stuff goes to the to the big city? You know, what I'm saying what stuff goes you know out to you know the the, the various you know regions of the state. And it becomes a really, you know, and, you know, although population-wise, <clears throat> you know, Portland, Seattle, um, what's the, I guess, Boise and Idaho, you know, being a smaller uh, version of this, you know, are, are have an outsized impact on state decisions. But, uh, well, you know, right. and Boise's nothing at all like Portland or Seattle. <laughs> I should say from a political perspective, but, I, <laughs> but just as a, that being the biggest city in Idaho, like, um, but the, you know, but those cities still have to really find balance and power with the rest of the state. They don't just get to do, you know, and then there's stuff sometimes will come up, you know, like, you know, this or that may not be popular with folks because they're like, well, we don't want all the money to go to, you know, to, to Portland or the Portland metro area. Right. So that's the, you know, the surrounding counties and right. I mean, I think in many ways it's similar. It's a little bit different than than in Pennsylvania, except where Pennsylvania is effectively, in my perspective, like isolated. Philadelphia is like its own, like Philadelphia's over there, and it's the rest of the state. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's a that was right. a strategy. That was an intentional 
work to devout to undermine the power that that city could have on overall state, you know, politics. You know, what I mean, in New Jersey, um, because I mean, Newark was a much much bigger city at one point, and the population, you know, I think it balanced out. Where, you know, the the the, the struggle for change is always between these various different, you know, very conservative districts in the state <clears throat> that are often, you know, pop pop peopled by very moneyed people <laughs> involved in finance and, right. and yeah. uh, the pharmaceutical industry and, and uh, shipping and these other things that have, you know, they, they have a vision for the state that isn't always the same as maybe, you know, more working class folks. And so like every state, every region has these things and, and we don't, Sometimes in our political analysis and conversation, we're like, oh, well, you know, he's a state rep. They don't even get paid for that in the state. It's like, yeah, but, um, you know, the state rep, they, they, they introduce bills and laws and stuff like rules. <laughs> and, they, and they still vote on shit. Like, they still make decisions. Like, don't connect it. They don't get paid or they don't work full time with what they actually voted on. So, um, I mean, I, I, I guess my other tip before we... Pivot out is just that, like, really in this this next year, it's like people just got to be ready and, and study these changes. If you're in a state where folks change up the rules, yeah, I mean, like I said, I I appreciate living here and doing mail voting because I get I get my ballot every year and I knock it out. It ain't it ain't really that hard, you know. Now, if you and if you you know houseless or you another forms of distress, there are ways you can still access your your ballot um, that that aren't you know, terribly cumbersome, but they would be something you probably would need some support doing. And there's no, currently, um, there's not a, there's, there's no, not a lot of restrictions on, you know, somebody giving you a ride to the elections office, you know what I'm saying? So you can get your ballot, you know what I'm saying? Or at least I think, I think you can do that. I'm pretty sure you can do that <laughs> as, as a private citizen, like me, myself, not like as a representative of something. You know what I mean? But like, Folks need to you need to pay attention to what people are doing in your state government. I guess <laughs> what it boils down to. Like you be like, oh nah, man, who knows what they're doing? Like maybe up there making the broad decisions. Right, so, right. Um, I have one more thought, but one thing, something maybe else you wanted to add on about that before I let it go. Yeah, no, I just think it's it's really one of these things that, like you know, for more more than ever, these conversations about the mechanics of how these systems work matter to people's lives. Right. And voting about, for example, voting for what happens post pandemic becomes more important than ever once we see what the long term impacts of it economically, educationally, because we don't have any not, we don't have any awareness of that. Right. Like we don't know what how young people are going to come back to schools. We don't know how much, you know, I mean, the Biden administration put money in for next year for schools. We just don't know what the needs are going to be across the board. Right? Once we once we stop stimulating the economy, we don't know what the fallout is going to look like, good and bad. So it's like you still got to go and vote in two years. And you still got to go vote for Warnock and and also like in two years. Right. And so the ability to bring out the same amount of people, if not more, in a midterm election, traditionally is extremely difficult. And Georgians know that, right? They know the history of it's difficult for the sitting party to win the midterm because people will say, what have you done for me lately? Right? They, they, right. they were like, we gave you them checks. 
Right. We're in, again, I think Biden to the thing is they're playing cold, hard, old school politics. We cut you a check, didn't we? Right. And what, to which some people will say, yeah, you did cut me a check, dog. My bad. <laughs> right. Like you did, you did come yeah, you through did with that come check, man. I was, you know, we thought you, you was bold. We thought you was bold. Was but you wasn't. <laughs> right. Yeah, I needed that. I needed that. You know what I mean? So that, that again, that may confound mm-hmm. American history. Um, it didn't when Obama did it, but also yeah, they yeah, didn't sell yeah. it. And you know, um, so yeah, I, th- I just think we'll see. But I think like anything, it's like I think you said it the best. They put all their cards on the table. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's on. Like we don't want you to vote. And so you know, we'll see. We'll see where yeah. it goes from there. One thing I just wanted to add. Um, I've had uh, I had the pleasure to meet uh, sister. Park Cannon, and um, you know, out of respect that I'm sure she got bad people sending her emails of what can I do and this and that. I just want to say personally, Park, I respect you. If you need Raji to jump on the plane, and you know, you and the Raji, you and the Raji Uh-oh. ring of protection. If you needed Uh-oh. brothers to come out, man, and Uh-oh. stand around, you know, be on, Shit. do something. You know what I mean, just let a brother know, man. You good people. So- she'll be she'll be fine <laughs> if, if they bringing you for security. Like the damn fruit in the damn that wild day. You be more, like, wait, what's the security guy? That's just you know Raji, saying? man. He's a one man. One man. Told y'all, let's just go. You know I'm saying? You know, I just want to tell you, know, appreciate you, Park. I mean, he's good people. And, um, you know, anything folks could do, let us know. So, man, they be tripping, man. It's, it's cold. Hey, man. They want it all. They ain't playing around mm-hmm. with you. Not to not not to to live in in in, in the things that we we gotta uh, you say persist <laughs> and persevere through and, and can't change at the moment. Um, it's spring, you know, seasons are changing, and and an event occurred of a, uh, you know, I would say of of monumental uh, musical uh, significance uh, last weekend, uh, which mm-hmm. for like one of the first times I actually got to catch a piece of it while it was happening. <laughs> Because I always get caught in limbo. Right. But uh, we have Ray, Quan, Chef, and the Ghostface Killer um, do the verses. And I had to say, it was quite entertaining. Um, and I have a lot of different thoughts, especially in when you think about it in light of, if you watched the recent Wu-Tang doc, um, if you watched... One of you Wu Tang fan, you listen to the music. You, you, know, you. If you like us, were were there when it started, <laughs> so to speak. Um, right? Uh, and so, yeah, I, 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 I would pitch to you. You know, where where's a place that you want to start? Um, just looking back at that that interaction. Um. Hmm. So I think I think where I, where I want to start is. So I guess I want to start with verses itself. And, you know, they celebrated their, like, one-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the idea of everyone being in the house and then watching something on TV, turning it into a kind of thing unto itself, partnering and selling that thing to a technology company and then allowing 
anyone that performs to be shareholders in that actual and get equity in that actual company, mm. right? By virtue of the fact they performed, I think we will go history. If Triller really goes public for the money people think it will, history will record that as like almost a RZA S thing he did with Wu Tang and the nine different regulatory mm. systems. Mm-hmm. Because what you've done is you created value. And then you've actually monetized your value within right, a year, right. right? Think about that. Like, you know what I mean? Like you did something and it got so big in a year that people cashed you out. In a year? This, I mean, so I think from a business level in the fact that, you know, it has become such an accepted part of the global community that an idea like that was that attractive. Um, is one. So then to the Rain Ghost one, I mean, I think to that touch, I think you see the power in the the impact of Wu-Tang as a global movement and as a part, as a, a inextractable part of the hip-hop well, I'll start, of the black and brown experience of that time, and then by extension, the hip-hop ex- ex- um experience and then by extension the global experience mm-hmm. and you just saw it that night and you saw you know you and i have talked about this before i don't get into what's real hip-hop and not because if it exists it's real um however a certain kind of music that made people reflect on a time and see the power of it from what they did was i thought really 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 impactful right uh, this is probably the first verses I've watched from beginning to end. Mm. Um, maybe this one along with Bounty Killer and Beanie Man, because that one was just too much. That was too funny. That was <laughs> <laughs> that was too good. Um, but you know, again, because I mean, very similar in a sense, Bounty Man and Beanie, Bounty Killer and Beanie Man also reflected a very explicit kind of cultural experience. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I just thought it was a, uh, it was probably between this one and Too Short and E40, it probably was the most engaging from beginning to end. Yeah, um, I mean, I start on on the on the business side. I, I really, as a as a as a creative product, because I actually was talking to Freedom about this yesterday i was re-watching it because i didn't i missed like the first half so i was watching the whole thing again and he was like he's like oh yeah he's like and, you know and he was having moment. he was sort of like trying to he's like i thought it was like a rap battle and i watched part of the gooch man the other one but i was like i realized it's not it's like, it's like a battle in like a beat battle context like it's not really you know the, the artists are pairing you know what i mean so you can't compare and contrast them as artists i mean it's always going to be depending on their relationship, some level of competitive edge that might start to happen during the show. Um, but it's also a celebration of, you know, the, the the legacy and the work of the artists that are there. Cause it's not like the verses isn't two dudes you ain't never heard of. You know what I'm saying? The verse is always going to be somebody that got a catalog. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's coming in like, yo, like I got, I got product. Like, you know, you know, it ain't like me coming out of rap retirement talking about, yo, I did like seven songs, you know what I'm saying, back in 96. You know what I'm saying? I had these verses. Y'all ain't never heard these <laughs> ones. I'm about to do them now for you. Like, yeah, I mean, like, 
<laughs> that's not what you're getting there. What you're going in for is is you have established people that have, have done a great body of work, and then you're putting them in a place, you know, kind of like to give people uh, uh, some of the energy, you know, across their 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 time, and 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 to me, it points to something that is a especially in the world of music. Um, that that hip hop has not always had, you know, and and I would say hip hop and even like modern R and B, you know, the idea of yo know, man, you coming out here to do your hits, like you going on tour to do the hits, like you not going out to do a new new uh, new record, new record. But you know, early, especially in our history, right. you know, like hip hop was young, and so it was always about what's your next record, right? Where now hip hop's got to the place where right. it's like, hold up, man, we got twenty five years of records. Like, I don't need to do the new record. I mean, I could do the new record if I got one. Maybe, you know, as, as goes through and at the end, some, some new stuff, new, 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 new stuff. But it's like, you know, um, when Ghost came here last and I went to see the show, I was going one because I had never seen, you know, Ghost perform live. But two, you know, I, it was like going to a Ghostface version of a Wu-Tang show. You know what I mean? Because they did parts from different Wu songs, right. but then it was like ghost stuff, you know, then it was, you know, some of just ghost songs. And it was great. <laughs> it was good times. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. but that, and that is traditionally within the world of music. I mean, um, and it's something I think we were, we were talking about, I was thinking about when we were talking about uh, Gucci Man and um, why can't I say Jeezy? Jeezy. <laughs> um, and looking at how much music, you know, Gucci Band, I mean, both of them, but especially Gucci Band, and I'm like, I don't even have time to try to listen to all these songs. It's like 7,000 songs, man. Right, right. But when you think of music coming out of like the live performing, maybe like the blues, jazz, you know, tradition where you, you made money as a musician by traveling around performing places. I mean, you did thousands, you did hundreds of thousands of performances. <clears throat> Of songs, and sometimes we never, you know, you, you think of the recorded songs as like evidence of the real product, but the real product is also you travel around and do all this music, <laughs> and people come see. Right. Um, so, versus in a sense, in it, in it as a content piece, as a piece of uh, entertainment, creates this space where you get to sit with these, you know, people and hear their some of their music, and they tell, you know, tell a few stories or whatever. Um. But then also it's in a <clears throat> it's in this package where it's like you can watch you know you just sit on your phone and you can jump on your phone and everybody can tune in and you would think of, in a sense that it's 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 directing towards younger people in a sense or you would assume it was because it's on a, because of the format but the content is not really not I mean some young people are probably definitely into it but the content is not necessarily depending on like young people who's the hottest, newest artist, so to speak, which is an interesting right. contrast that they put this together. <laughs> Cause in a sense, they've like pulled probably some, some of our generations, especially folks that look at their phone, like a, uh, like a, like an ancient scroll. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, how do I, how do I get on the verses? So wait, I got to get an Instagram. What do I do? I mean, I want to see, right. I want to see, I want to see E40 in there, man. I heard it was going to be on there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they said, glad it's not going to be on there. I'm trying to see how I can see. Right. So I'm sure there's some folks who were not engaging with media and, and entertainment in that format that found the pathway there because what was created, which I think is pretty dope. <laughs> and then I didn't know a lot about the the piece with getting act with, with the thriller uh, deal. Cause that is that, 
since the last two or three that 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 is um, on Triller because I thought it was I know one was on Apple. It was Apple. So so they courted different people, but Triller, much like Steve Rifkin's deal with RZA, was the only one that allowed them to transfer equity to the actual performers. Okay, dope. That was, I mean, in a sense, the the tools are there now. I mean, the tools, I mean, people could always have been created fair and even contracts that didn't exploit <laughs> and steal <laughs> for people. <laughs> However, you know, maybe that would have come at a lower, lower cost, a lower reward for those who who make the most, <clears throat> but then at least you wouldn't have destroyed so many's, you know, lives by not allowing them to, to gainfully <laughs> grow as creative artists. Um, the, but I, I think that, that it, the pieces and parts are all there now where especially if you have something as you get become established that you can really you can access an audience and have a back and forth relationship in terms of a, a as a consumer so to speak or as a like um now i don't know you know to what degree every you know people actually contribute and pay <clears throat> for music or entertainment you know i think there's still the challenge of folks like but can i get it for free <laughs> We're gonna watch it. Yeah. But I think that's super dope. Now to the other part, that was good fun though. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> like, and I don't know if like our experience of Ray, uh, the purple tape of Iron Man, uh, you know what I'm saying? A, a, a spring clientele, or the, um, you know, I, I like uh, mobility was pretty cool. I didn't listen to that all the way till later, but Ray's had several, especially had several recent joints. So it's real dope. I don't know if you heard the bad, bad, not good joint uh, record with Ghost. Nah, no. Nah. Pretty solid. It's a, that's a pretty dope record. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's you know I forgot how many tracks, but it's nice. Uh, yeah, you know I mean it's like they have a prolific catalog, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, uh, you know, the root is, is cemented in the, you know what I'm saying? The, 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 the I'm going to say it, the antics, the, 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 the emoting, the, the, mm. the, all of the stuff that you love, you know what I mean? If, you know, it's one thing to see Ray and Ghost as, in, as artists, and I, I don't know how other people process it, but sort of the person you know, and sometimes some of us might be that person in our in our circle or squad. But folks in your life that are a real character, like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And a reminder of what it's like when you kick it in with somebody that's like, yo, you're like, man, this dude is hilarious. Is he trying to be funny? Like, <laughs> is he fuck like he's not fucking with you? He just this is how he get down. You know what I'm saying? And a reminder, like you you it's like all metaphor and a little bit of simile. <laughs> Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, so like instead of just telling you what to try to it's like this, they're just like, you know what I'm saying, purple flowers and squished velvet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, oh yeah, I feel you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and I think that that as as artists, as writers, <laughs> it's 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 amazing at times to to try to listen and track. Cause like you might be trying to like, oh, we're well, trying to understand what, what, what they're saying. And it's like I mean, just feel what they're saying, brother. Don't try to, don't think about it too hard. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I I think that's a really 
Good point. I want to touch on something around that, I think, with the broader context of hip hop, because prior to, well, this kind of connects to a broader conversation about the culture, the the, the, the culture of supreme mathematics in the nation, but the way that they communicated as abstract prior, I, I would say the origin, the origin story of really abstract raps is probably Rob Mel Z and by extension Basquiat, which a lot of people don't know, did a mm-hmm. did a song with Rob Mel Z, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get to like the 80s, later in the 80s, because when Curtis Blow, Curtis Blow is like, I'm about to go down the street. <laughs> look at the people you meet, right? Run DMC is like, look at my Adidas, right? Then Rakim comes out and be like, traveling in the speeds around the universe, <laughs> right? Like plans get small as balls of clay, straight to the Milky Way, bronze out of sight, far as the oxygen, not even the satellite. satellite. Like, and, and so then it goes from there. And at the same time, De La kind of engages in a very abstract mm-hmm. rap kind of process, differently than Rakim, but still abstract, which goes to Tribe, to the Jungle Brothers, right? To an extent, right? So, but the abstract stuff left the streets post, I would argue, post Rakim. Mm-hmm. Right? East Coast rap got real explicit. Like mm-hmm. G rap, you know, yeah. much of the forgettable stuff of the early 90s. <laughs> um, you know, Tim Dog did Fuck Compton. Like it was really clear what was happening. Right, right. Rain goes Wu Tang across the board, but then Rain Ghost in particular really bought this creative writing back into the music. Yeah. Right? Like what we what we now know and respect for Doom, Doom, I mean, Doom was doing it on his own, right? Again, kind of out that relationship, that native tongue uh adjacent world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what we later later came to love so much about Doom has its direct correlation, its direct relationship to Ghost and Ray and Wu Tang. Yeah. Musically and writing-wise. And so I, I do see what you're saying of this beauty of like, we we read books all the time that the author is using different language to communicate an idea. And they showed you how in their writing and in their everyday communication, <laughs> right? they use different words and different expressions to communicate ideas. And the worst of that, right? Like everything is not a documentary. There is such thing as fiction. Right. <laughs> everything doesn't have to be straight ahead. And I think a lot, of, we often suffer from that in looking at what we're trying to hear because everyone has set everything up is so real that because of the parameters of what's real, there's no, there's no space for growth. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. everything is real. Yeah. Like it's right now. Yeah, I'm telling you. It's right. Every, you everything is right now, exactly as I see it, and I want you to see it. Yeah. Right? Not necessarily any creativity, but how will you see it when you come back and listen to it later? Right? So. Yeah. And uh, it's a it's a definitely, um, that's a little thread you, you pulled there, because I think that the, the aspect that you know, that you can use this real descriptive 
text, but you, you know, you sometimes are talking about, you know, you know, you know, you know, back a little bird street shit, you know, right. getting, getting, getting robbed, violence, mayhem, people selling drugs, right. stress, sadness, happiness, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and the idea that, you know, I, I, as you say, almost like, I mean, the idea for folks always remember that, 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 you know, well, as Rakim said, rap is rhythm and poetry, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, you are you are using the poetic voice when you write rhymes. Mm. You, know what I'm you are mm. you are doing a descriptive, you know, activity with words. You know what I mean? It's not just uh it's what it's not whatever way one may find a pathway to devalue it. Um and it's not all pedestrian. You see yeah. what I'm saying? If the shit's not all pedestrian, I think it's important for listeners and people for us to have this conversation because what we see now in our music broadly speaking in hip hop, not just in America, but also globally, when you listen to some stuff out of England and some other places, has become very pedestrian in its regard, not necessarily to the creativity of how they're doing it, but the creativity of what they're actually saying. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I think some of the music is still creative in how they're doing it, but actually, like, what words did you use and put words together and it's putting words together in ways that are creative, is that honored? Right. Right? Versus someone saying, just get straight to the point. How much money do you got? Yeah. I got more money than you. I got more money than your whole damn crew. You know what I'm saying? I got more money, <laughs> one or two. Like, and then you just have guns and money in the video because the, the music has become so visual, right? Mm-hmm. right and yeah. so, you know, I really thought about, and I wanted to make sure I, I, I noted this, I really thought about Tommy Heasy Coates when I was listening to Rain Coates. And he talks about how he's been influenced by Black Thought, Rakim, Rain Coates, Ray Chronicles, right? Mm-hmm. How when someone is writing, even if they're writing fiction or nonfiction, because I think much of his fiction and nonfiction still belies a creativity and the use of a pen that doesn't just stop where you're at. Mm-hmm. And 25 years later, I think we can listen to the purple tape. 20 years later, this is Supreme Clientele and actually hear how they, the music they created didn't stop where they created. That it has a life, has a literary life beyond what they did, what they said at that point. Mm, yeah. And not all hip hop has a literary life yeah, beyond after the, after the fact. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it all didn't have to be creative because some real clear, some, some very clear music had a literary life after the fact, AKA. The chronic, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So I'm not trying to make this like the more outlandish it is, the better, but just more if it if it's visualized and it has literary like it's stamped. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I and I would say this just as a as, as a thought too. I mean, the, the number of songs and this mean me and Lia were listening to something or trying to listen to something, and you know, you know, like. The songs where it'll describe some sort of sexual act, and it's just like, yeah. Then I put it in her butt, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, dog. Can we get a metaphor in there or something? Like, right. <laughs> I don't really need the. I don't need that visual. I don't need to know that. Right. Yeah, you know I'm saying she, this woman performed, you know, or fellatio on you at a high level. Like, I, I don't actually like. I'd rather you do something metaphorical there, 
and I and yeah. I and, and and believe me, I mean I used to teach used to teach you know about the you know the, the health and wellness as it pertains to to your sexual uh, your your, yeah. your yeah. decisions, and probably if anybody, I'm definitely not I'm not prudish about people having frank conversations on these topics, but also don't right. think that that's the best way to hear it in a song. <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it is. It is still something that, to me, is private and sacred enough that maybe you should, um, you know, give it a little bit of buffer, <laughs> so we don't right. need to have the, the like, yo, I'm, I'm like, I'm like in porno movies. You know what I'm saying? Porno movies. That's me. That's what I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, slow down, dog. Like, could you, you know, save that? You know what I'm saying? But the, um, you know, the other thing I thought, <laughs> I mean. Then it was all the other there just hilarious. I mean, you got that, got that, the 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 uh, the wardrobe changes. The yo, my man's is going. He going to he going to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> like, like, the the the, the, the appearance with like, like yo, they are so disjointed in their creativity, but that you just appreciate it, right? That's like somebody rapping. That's like hey, rest in peace. Hey, show what's going on? Okay, all right. Then like, hey, let's take a sip of this. This this us a rock. Man, what is this? I, you know, I, I don't drink that. What's that? <laughs> right? What's this? I don't drink that. No, it's like it's like some rock orange. Okay, okay, cool. Let's take a little bit. Let's take a little bit. Because it's like, because it's like, at some point you realize you needed a Ciroc commercial. Right. Like, yeah, I remember we got to big up Ciroc in there. Like, we got to. Yeah. Then... Okay, like, at some some point you needed a commercial and shit. That's like. Oh shit! Like, oh shit! Yeah, yeah sure okay. I'm saying. Let's, let's just us. This is all toast. Yeah, I'm saying. Right. And, and, and it, it, like, I don't, like, I don't want drinking this shit. Oh, like, like, this is good. It's like summertime. <laughs> yeah. God, and then it, it, you get the sense that, like, as 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 the show went on, you know, what I'm saying, and, and Capadonna makes an appearance, and 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 and. and, and uh, um deck makes an appearance and and um I, I'm about the high chief Jamal Master Killer. Master Killer, yeah, I can't even say his name. Yeah, pops on the scene, yeah. he's the guy, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's like, oh stop. You get the sense that basically, I mean again, and this is why I thought about the Wu documentary. Cause when we watch the documentary, you could tell that there's there's issues of, of between men that have known each other almost their whole lives and then also did business together. Right, that they mm-hmm. that that although they they come together to do this, it's not like everything was just you know a primrose trail, right? right. But they also are still like, yo, we still we still kick it with each other, like we still come together when we can come together. You know what I'm saying? Like like right. meth didn't make an appearance, and that's peace. You know what I mean? Meth, 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 meth acting, meth got TV shows and shit. Meth might not be able to make it. You know, you got what appeared not to be there to perform, but right. for all we know, they was all. Off camera, right. like you get the sense that they might have been kicked. They might be like, "Yo, what are we gonna do after this?" Like, <laughs> like we gonna get some. Meat. No, it was great for their brand. It was great for one their brand, and to your point, the documentary, the Showtime documentary, or the Cinemax Showtime, and Showtime. then the actual Hulu documentary, and then this cemented their brand, arguably, as the most enduring global hip hop brand. I don't take saying that like mm. because Jay-Z for all of himself as a brand, the brand of you thinking of Jay-Z in the way you have has gone 
really with big ups and downs yeah, of when yeah. only people in the East Coast that listen to mixtapes knew Jay Z to when he was underground, uh, kind of an underground esque thing mm-hmm. to when they blow up to when he becomes the biggest rapper on the planet to then he raps on albums with Beyonce and his and his with his wife and Jay Electronica. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And now. We know him as a cultural impresario, but not a hip hop brand right. in that, in that context. context. Yeah, yeah. In that sense. And it still hadn't lasted as long. Yeah. Right? Because Wu Tang, you figure, and you and I both know and both have kind of intimate history of them through interactions as well as just we we won the uh, we won the population Olympics, the proximity Olympics, to be able to, to be in the Philadelphia, New Jersey area right. when they were coming right. up, coming of age. So to protect your next singles and WPRB, the pressing station, yep, which was the, actually the first station to ever play Wu Tang, WPRB, yep, even yeah. before W, even before the New York stations, you know. Um, so just like that idea and then it endures 28 years later and people who don't even listen to Wu-Tang per se that still wear a W. Like in that sense, the power of their brand is like the Rolling Stones. Because there are those of us, think about when the the, 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 the rock uh, t-shirts became popular in hip hop for some strange reason, right? When everybody started wearing like Kiss shirts and Rolling Stones shirts. Mm-hmm but not having actually listened to the Kiss or the Rolling Stones, right? right? In the same way, you had people who don't listen to Wu-Tang every day that would wear Wu-Tang shirts or Wu-Tang ducks. Yeah. <laughs> so I just think it was a right. powerful representation of that. But again, and even just like their music, at best, it's disjointed, right? At best, it's chaotic. You know, and I think you and I both can appreciate that as far as being in the nation, like right. we can both appreciate that there's some beautiful chaotic shit about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That you don't never know quite what's gonna happen, but you do know at the end of the day, it's gonna be a beautiful thing that occurred from what we just did. Yeah. But you don't have no idea in the middle of it how this is gonna turn yeah, out. This might go any direction. And, and, but yeah. there's also something that that they're emblematic of, or they at least make me think of is. That that you can have some restraint about worrying about what like what this what these men are about to do, like because because there's a thing around black men and black artists sort of like people like it, it, it still it seeps into us even you know from the way our experience in America goes where you're like are these brothers about to get into some wild shit? It's like nah man just chill out. I know I know it's a lot of energy. It's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of weird movements. A lot of shifting. You know what I'm saying? But right. just let them. It's gonna be fine. Like you gonna you gonna they're gonna do some songs. You know what I'm saying? The crowd might get hyped. You know what I'm saying? Might, you might make some references you don't totally understand. But at the end, you know, it's, it's going to be a good time. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, even uh, I thought it was, you know, even the ups and downs, like the, the rhythm and the joke when like, he did, like, all that I got is you. You know what I'm saying? He was like, I don't want to cry, man. Like, but that's a really mm-hmm. emotional song. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. and, 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 and it is a song, it's a hip-hop song about grief, <laughs> right? Like, which is why well, I think most contexts, people be like, yeah, man, write a rap song about grief. They'd be like, nah, man, we want grief. And, and it's not a hip-hop song about grief that is like, you know, my man got killed. 
and and then like in some you know I don't know guts and glory shit. It's like right. came up hard. You know, my mom had stuff happening. My brother, you know, what I mean, I we came out of these situations like, and then this is this is out of all of this. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've you know try I've become a man that I can respect. That's a pretty right. that's a pretty heavy thing to do in mid nineties hip hop. I mean, it's something I well, think most people I mean, sexualize that way. I mean, well, so if you think about Purple Tea in particular, uh, a couple of songs on the Purple Tea, but then also obviously uh, the North Star at the end mm-hmm. uh, with Free of Mornings, like they were the rainy days, like they were tapping into other emotions and they compressed his ability to use sound to tap into other emotions that hip hop to that point was not tapping into sadness, loss, and grief. Right? Mm-hmm. Hip hop was tapping into braggadocio, it was tapping into anger, it was sometimes even tapping into a bit of reflection, sometimes depending on what beat you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Tip was doing some, two Tip was doing some interesting stuff, right? But like, rainy days, can it all be so simple? Remix, you know what I mean. North Star, that's something sad and grief-filled, mm-hmm. touching on emotions that weren't being engaged. And so, Ghostface, I think, was able to take the mantle, and I would argue was hip hop's first widely liked emo rapper hmm. before X. Because I would say the Ghostface and X. Or one and two in that conversation. Yeah. yeah. Right? Um, to really, because even Tupac, is, as much as he evoked with his words, the songs never were quite like that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. you know how with, 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 yeah, with Pac, you could have assumed that there were four of the beats that he rapped to and did the same song. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. Like, that, that he just wrote it and then came in and said it on whatever beat you had. Um, which is why I also think one of the enduring differences on why we perceive Biggie and Pop differently with the weight of their music. Yeah, yeah. Because Biggie's music was just curated much more, uh, much more well, much it was done, it was done better, right? Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I just think when we when we go back and look at that, that ability to emote and talk about grief and talk about something that almost that many of us have experienced in some form. Doesn't have to be with our mothers, doesn't have to be our fathers one day, we all, all of us, fathers wasn't shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like, you know, sometimes you gotta do a daily reminder that everybody's father wasn't shit. <laughs> um, that it tapped on an element that hip hop was not doing. We were dancing, we were telling you how tough we were, we were telling you how much money we had. Sometimes we even wanted you to know how smart we were. But we weren't touching on universal emotions. So I think to that point, and how they creatively communicated that via the verses, as well as, and I'm going to try to shift a little bit here, emoting a host of other emotions that you don't see a lot of Black men get the ability to emote, mm-hmm. to kind of tap it on what you touched on, like brotherhood, right? Like, Again, as you said, we've been through 25 years. We ain't always the best of friends, but we always love each other. Mm-hmm. And you're always my brother, right? 
the hip, you think about a lot of hip hop groups. Once it's over, it's over. Yeah, yeah. And if they come back together, it's only to get paid. Yeah. There's no undergirding, you know, and I think the science of mathematics, frankly, and then the brotherhood that emerged out of a shared experience dealing with mathematics becomes the thing that gives heft to their understanding of brotherhood that is palpable throughout the whole show. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I, I, that was, um, you know, like I said, that that theme, that's why I said, like, you get the sense that, I mean, in having Young Dirty, you know what I'm saying, pop up, that, like, that there's some there's some cross-movement with them as as family to each other, you know what I'm saying, and and a reminder to, and I, and I, and I think it's something that, at least for most, most, I mean, at least, yeah, I'm saying most Black men, like, you have, you know, hopefully you got some, you got, you got a squad. You know what I'm saying? You got some people that's like, that's, that's the team. Even when we don't see each other all the time or whatever, or people, you know, go this way, go that way. You're trying to keep the squad together and, and it don't need to be no, you know, I mean, it, you know, might be disagreements, misunderstandings and, and definitely missteps. Um, but we can, you know, we can find common ground and that's important to our health and well being <laughs> that we're able to do that. You know what I'm saying? Um, the other thing I thought was interesting and, and, and it had me thinking just, you know, cause you know, when they were giving like shots out to different other artists, you know what I'm saying? You know, and they were like mm. Fat Joe, Dead Kids, Seawood, and blah, 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 Gilly. They, they, like they were naming the, the, the different times you listen. And as I got to towards the end of the show, I started just sort of thinking about, you know, you have, like I said, hip hop how has multiple generations of artists. And you have artists who know that they were all part of a real specific generation, as it were, you know, that artist, that, that crew really of the 90s that that found their way. So they're, 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 they're basically the, I don't know, the graduate school or the new school. You know, I mean, if you go old school, which is, you know, uh, Melly Mel, uh, Curtis Blow. I don't know if Nelly Mel is okay with me saying he old school. I hope he, you know, he don't want to fight me or something. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you Stop know. complaining, right? Be mad. <laughs> be mad, shit. Um, you know what I mean? And you get sort of the new school, which like Rockham, EPMD, um, you know, uh, what's from, like, uh, is it Mr. T? I'm going to say Mr. T. Um, West Coast cast. Uh, like, um, Born's gonna give me the business if I got this wrong. Above the law, like above the law, and them, uh, uh, Miss Master T, yeah, Mr. Master Spade, uh, y'all can't know what you're talking about. You that, that, that generation, and yeah. then King T, King T, King T. I'm thinking, like, I'm like, it's a T in there, and like, why can't I say it? You know what I'm saying? Like, and then you got, and then, and then you got like the second wave of, of, of West Coast rap with like NWA and, and, and all that, like, kind of going to a different place, but then like the 90s artists are like a, not the same because like even like the chronic and all that like snoop dogg is a 90s west coast rapper artist to me right he's not the same right. as nwa he might be connected to that tree but it's not the same you know what i'm saying absolutely Wei, wu-tang does their music uh p rock cl smooth um uh even ll 90s ll is not the same as 88 89 ll you know what i'm saying no like, yeah mama sound. said knock you out it's not walker said knock you uh Mama said, "Knock you out is not walking with a panther." Yeah. That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, you're totally yeah. right. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, you have, and, and, but that '90s crew, you know, Biggie and Pac and, and Puffy and 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 uh, the, 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 was it the Heat Makers and, uh, and DMX and then and, and the Rough Riders and um, and then you know that uh, somebody else I'm missing on the West Coast side of that. 
that I'm trying to think of that is important. Well, I mean, everything that was happening in the Bay, <laughs> everything right. from High Road to E40 and then the Mac Dre, like that whole era has a certain style, swag, all of that. And I guess, you know, we got put Jay-Z, Rockefeller on them in there too. Um, and then you get to the 2000s and that, you know, some of them folks didn't didn't survive the same. It didn't happen the same. You know, some found a, some found a bigger pop appeal in in the two thousands, and it wasn't really the same way they was rapping. Digging it in the crates, crew. Um, I mean, it's all these different artists you can think of, right? When you start writing it down, and and in a sense, I got the feeling like the way I wouldn't, I don't remember them bigging each other up on tracks <laughs> then, but like now, mm. being able to see each other as almost like common peers and like you know members of a certain generation you know what i mean the way maybe like sports athletes you know if you're a football dude you see yourself sort of like in a in a fraternity of other people that was you know pro football players or pro ball players or whatever and and i thought it was sort of an interesting piece to see you know and it's also i guess in tune with the age <laughs> that most of these brothers and sisters are now that you have this reflective you know, space where you're like, yo, that's what's the name. He's a great artist. I, 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 you know, we did some songs with them back in this day, or, you know, I got to know them brothers. Like, you know, where I think it, it always appeared that in the backdrop of everything, especially when artists were young, is like a, is a level of competition with each other that I don't think, you know, you, you've matured to a place where you don't feel you got to be like, yeah, I'm better than you. <laughs> like, I got more hits. Like, it's like, nah, you got your music. Right, right. I got my music. And, it's whatever, like, but I think that's, I think it's kind of dope. It, it points to, you know, I ain't saying we going on the old, the, the old school hip hop cruise, you know what I'm saying, when we 60, but it might right. happen. You know what I'm saying? It might be a dope, <laughs> dope ass cruise. Right, right, like, right, right. You're going to be on with Wu-Tang. You're going to be on there with, <laughs> with, with, the, with the whole state property. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, <laughs> like I'm going on that cruise. So I'm going once at least so I can be too old to be dancing and drink too much because that's what you do on cruises. Is, right. You do a lot of drink. Right. Try to go, go back in your room and try to forget to take you on a boat. <laughs> yeah, so you, got, <laughs> you eat and you drink because you got to keep eating so you don't get seasick. You know what I'm saying? Not that I don't know if I'm ever, you know, I mean, sort of one love to the cruise industry. I hope you figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Post-pandemic. Um, you know what I mean? But like, this is a real, it's an interesting, you know, I guess the like, Thing that you know, I I felt you know listening to them perform is also like okay, yeah, it's like you know, there's a whole generation of cats that are in the same time frame in terms of moving through the music industry and and developing themselves as creative artists. So you know, and I, I think, think it's it, it kind of it taps back to, in some senses to the original point about versus like collaboration over competition mm -hmm. and even using. The idea of competition truly is collaboration. Yeah. And, and um, we know that for many of our people, for many people, because I have had started it being the energy behind some of it being what I would call a young man's or young person's game, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, which is about the assertion of who you are, right? Usually as a competition, not a collaboration. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm the baddest bitch. I got the most money. You see what I'm saying? I got the most bars, right? Mm -hmm. Everything is usually in context to somebody else. So I think elder states people 
acknowledging that collaboration or competition being uh, the order of the day is a larger idea of reflection on how different members of that community are matriculating in the music industry and by extension, kind of like broader society. Uh, so to your point, I think it, uh, it, this verse is being the first one after they made the deal was a good indicator of why it is an important cultural lodestone. Yeah, and I, you know, and I, and I, and I, I am, I love, I really, I really love the idea that artists, people in, people of the industry and in, in, of, of that age that were successful in the 90s and in, in, in the body of Swizz and, and Timberland and whoever else, you know, may be involved in the back end that we don't know about, but them being the two, to my understanding, that really put this product together developing something that does create one that let that, that allows us to kind of celebrate the music <laughs> you know what i mean and then and, and, and the dope thing is that they do actually extend beyond just hip-hop i mean because you've got the r&b stuff you've got this Isley brothers was earth wind and fire thing that's supposed to happen i, I don't, might be <laughs> man look everybody take care of your, your 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 elder uh family members man don't don't have them out here trying to get on the on the verses clicking on the wrong thing and getting a bank account wiped or something, man. Because like, <laughs> like, it's going to be like, I heard Earth, Wind & Fire and Ozzy Brothers is performing somewhere. Like, how do I, how do I, nephew, how do I watch that? <laughs> how do I get on it? Where, where's that at? What do I got to do to see that? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be some, going to be, it's going to be some people who huddled, huddled masses, you know what I mean? I think to see that. And I don't know how they're going to put that together. I don't know if we're going to get uh, Philip Bailey and, uh, I'm going to say it right now, and I hope that I'm wrong, that I want to be wrong about what I'm about to say. And later, people could be like, he was wrong. Yeah, like, you're right. I'm happy. You got Philip Bailey and Ronald Osley. Everybody else is some sort of variation. <laughs> I mean, some of the other Osleys were there, but you didn't really listen because of the other Osleys either. <laughs> This this wasn't even a Tony 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 conversation where every now and then Dwayne would rap right. and sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? My name is Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> so my thought is you have these groups that everyone's remembering. You have to put people on stage that remind you of M Maurice White, Maurice right? White. Yeah. That kind of don't allow you to think too much about the fact of Ronald Isley looking like a whole live player at 70-something almost, <laughs> you know, of the range of Philip Bailey. Like, that's that's going to be, like, fun for me, but also kind of like, uh, okay. All right. Let's see here. Like, <laughs> you know, let me close my eyes and see if they just put the regular song on and they just do dances. So, therefore, I don't have to, I don't have to come to grips with the reality that, like, these are seventy-year-old men, and and it's not really going as well as I wanted it to. Uh, yeah, they, but you know, I'm hope springs eternal. Yeah, yeah. Nah, you know, but I, I, I don't figure out a way either to make it real intimate, or like it's like it's like Earth Wind Fire's band is over here, and Ozzy, <laughs> his big <laughs> band is over there, and then it's like. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like dang, I got to turn my headphones down. I got to move the phone further away from my face so, so I can <laughs> But I think it's, um, 
it, to me, it, it's like you've created something that I believe has an enduring future. Cause honestly, there's, I mean, we, we did that exercise. I think when we were talking about, um, what's the one we, we, we talked about with Nabri last time. Uh, um, was it, it wasn't kissing a fad. No, no, it was, um, It'll come back to me. It's on the tape. Go listen okay. to it. <laughs> yeah, everybody go listen to it. Everybody go listen to that episode. Um, but the, like, you know, there's a lot of other combinations and opportunities out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you do, there's other wood. You do Jizz and Deck. Or, um, right. You know no, there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of them. There's bringing Raekwon and Ghost back for Styles and Kiss, mm. right? Like, mm. there's, there, there's a whole, yeah, dope. there's a whole bunch of, even though this is not the same, there is a like you know, there's been no common, no Talib Kweli. Like there's been, yeah, a couple of things that haven't had access. No Dela, right? So like, mm. you got a whole bunch of space um, mm. still to still to go. I mean, of the West Coast uh, classics, you had Snoop and you had Too Short. You still ain't had. Uh, Cube, yeah, right. You still haven't had Dr. Dre, right? Dr. Dre was supposed to be on, but after the bad after the bad sound with uh, Babyface and uh, and uh, Teddy Riley, he's like, I can't do it. Mm. <laughs> um, but I mean, so you still have those. You still have you still have Diddy and Dr. Dre doing one together, putting their top twenty songs at. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. You know, you still got the Soka one you that ain't nobody seen yet. You still got, you know, uh, when Maxwell decides to actually do verses, right? So right. you still have a yeah. There's a lot of yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of versions. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of versions, man. So all right, all right. Well, you know, with that, I think you know, I think we could we could we could say we can adjourn for today. Um, you know, uh, you know, I would say to folks, man, go, you know, go, go catch you with verses and enjoy. You know what I mean? You know, watch it, watch the shows, and and, and here's what I'm gonna say, people: wait till the end when they start dancing to the music at the end. Yeah, is the most enjoyable 45 <laughs> seconds, I think, because that's how I would dance when I came in the spot with that music was on. You know yeah. Absolutely. After five hours of of, uh, of drinking Lambrusco and. It's a rock orange, as a as a Rizzo would say, right? <laughs> and and then hearing songs from the seventies and being uh being turned up. The DJs did a great job, but yeah, oh, yeah go DJ go did. listen to it and dance. Indeed, and uh and also don't forget to get involved in state politics. So right. <laughs> with that, yeah. I would say peace, peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, I'm Majestic. We record Good Brothers. Uh, just about every week and try to touch point on you know a few current events things happening in our unique perspective on how we experience it and how we think about it as um, brothers of over 20 years of life and what have you uh, if you enjoy the podcast one of the best ways to support is by becoming a patron uh, for a small contribution monthly you can help keep this uh creativity going keep uh, the growth and development of what um we are creating here and we'll be creating moving but you know the other way and, and besides that is also just share you know put somebody on let a friend listen 
you know, email it to your auntie or your, your uncle or your, or your friends. I mean, maybe your friends, maybe not your auntie and uncle to start. Uh, but uh, please, you know, share, rate, subscribe wherever you listen. Uh, so hopefully others will have the opportunity to get exposed to what we're doing. Uh, also, you can, you know, hit to head to the Etsy store. If you shirts Ash Old Head on Etsy, it'll go to the shop and you can buy a hoodie. There'll be some new things, some things switching up in there in the very near future. So keep an eye on that. Uh, keep an eye on the future of Good Brothers. Uh, I flirted with it during the summer, but I wanted us to, to just keep sticking to recording regularly. Um, but there's going to be some changes coming in here in the spring, and I think you're going to like it. Uh, you know, not too much to the content, but to the way we do it. So, in any event, man, be safe out there. Get involved in your state and local politics. Listen to good music. You know, love the one you with, and um, kiss your children. You know what I'm saying? With that, I say peace. <laughs>